0: This is Grow Your Life with Jason Scott Montoya, a podcast with stories and systems to live better and work smarter. Welcome to another episode of Inspirational People. I'm Jason Scott Montoya, and today I get the opportunity of introducing you to a new friend and fellow business consultant, Lauren Heisey. Lauren, say hello.
1: Hi, everyone. <laughs> In
0: 2019, uh, Lauren, a Lean Six Sigma specialist, transitioned from corporate America working with Nielsen and at and before that to the entrepreneurial life as an independent coach and consultant, working with business owners to rapidly get from where they are to where they want to be. We recently got connected as part of her 2020 goal of 100 lunch meetings, a campaign similar to the one I ran at the conclusion of my marketing business in 2014, and launched as a freelancer. So thank you for joining us today, sharing. Your life, Lauren. Um, tell us about you and and your story.
1: Sure. So yeah, you did a lot with that great introduction. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I started down my journey as a Lean Six Sigma, Lean Six Sigma, and continuous improvement um, 13 years ago when I was 18. At okay. Um, now
0: I just to pause for a moment because people huh? people have heard Six Sigma, Six Sigma, and then you have Lean and regular, but. But for those that don't have any clue what it, that even is other than just some really fancy thing that some people <laughs> talk about, tell us what that is.
1: <laughs> yeah, base, yeah. so basically lean and six are two methodologies that um, are put together. So lean was developed by Toyota. Um, I want to say after...
0: Like Toyota started, the car it, manufacturer, right?
1: Yes, yeah, car yeah. yeah, the car manufacturer. It started probably with at the end of World War Two, mm-hmm. and that's probably when it all kind of really started. Um, so it's just the way of improving your business um, with with the, what's called a lean mindset. So looking for waste waste in a process, and um, but it's also not just trying to make the process very lean. I, that's one of the things that us as a lean systems specialist we. Wish Lean was a, was the methodology was called something else because <laughs> it's not all about just leaning out the business and getting rid of people. Uh, it's sort really okay. of it's, it's more about empowering people and making the processes as, as efficient as possible with the people and at that time the manufacturing machines. Mm. And um and it's. And then you have Six Sigma that was developed back in the 80s in, in at Motorola, and it was a way of taking defects out of the process. Mm. So think of, uh, usually, I usually describe it as if you're a customer, um, fast food might be a perfect example, and someone gives you your order wrong, you, they, they say if you ask for like no pickles or no ketchup, and it comes with the ketchup pickles anyways, that's considered, I would, and Six Sigma as a as a defect. So okay we're looking to make sure that the process it has a lot of good quality in it yeah. so every time you get like your mcdonald's order it's right the yeah. first time
0: so it, on that note I, I talk about in my book the jump for small business owners the, um, the idea of the chaos interface which is what you're describing versus the um a couple other interfaces the transition yeah. there's one that where you translate the chaos into order and then there's one where both sides are operating but um chick-fil-a has an amazing process yes. Yes. That, and they, they do that. And so they come to mind as like a really good example of doing that, right?
1: <laughs> yes, they do. And so, yeah, Chipotle has a very uh, big lean, bar- has a big lean innovation. And mm-hmm. they're, um, especially within their headquarters here in Atlanta, um, they are, they wanted to be the top fast food restaurant draw through for the draw through business. And that they really hit that because yeah. of using those principles.
0: So are you like me when you go to a fast food restaurant? that doesn't have it all together that it, it bothers you
1: oh my gosh yes
0: <laughs> I feel like sometimes I'm having to do part of their job just to right. make sure my order is right <laughs>
1: exactly exactly yeah so I'm not a big fan of McDonald's I'd rather go to Chick-fil-a <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: All right, well, I I interrupted you, so tell us more about you and your story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, so I started on this journey 13 years ago. Um, I worked in the operations area, or service delivery at that time, and then I moved into uh, our quality management area, and then I moved into product development, um, so creating new products with the continuous mindset already there, so meaning that when the product was launched, it was already ready to go, so we didn't Mm. have to do work on the back end. Yeah. Um, and then five years ago, I think it's about five years ago. I, uh, Nielsen came in a car and me from AT&T. Uh, oh, wow.
0: yeah, it was, a so it wasn't even on your radar.
1: It wasn't even on our yeah. radar. No. So I just got in LinkedIn of all places too, right? So people say, Oh, does LinkedIn really work? It does. Even if, if you're looking for a job or you're trying to run a business, they found me on LinkedIn. Yeah. And so I went over there and I was there until last year when I decided to go out on my own and going out on my own wasn't something i just thought of like i woke up one day and the next day i was doing it it was a, it was a two year journey to get to that point where yeah. i launched my business so and here i am
0: yeah that's exciting so i guess uh, what i i'm curious before i jump into my questions like this is a it's an interesting dramatic shift to go from corporate america with sophistication and resources abound to entrepreneur which is like you know it's survival of, of, of just trying to you know do the things that work and balance everything and make money and enjoy life and it's just it's a lot more complicated it seems but maybe maybe not maybe it's just a different point of view so so tell me about that dichotomy or, or the difference between the two
1: yeah gosh uh when i first the first day that i did that i was i was a little i was really scared when i woke up it felt, it felt weird for the first time in um in probably a good 18 years 19 years okay. that i didn't have i didn't wake up to a boss
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i
1: felt that a little bit in my transition from 18t to nielsen because i had mm-hmm. two weeks there where i hadn't had first time in a very long time i didn't have to think about work but then okay. here i am um I only had to answer to myself so I was like well what do I do <laughs> <laughs>
0: well there's something about the structure that we yeah have, that's given to us that helps us but when it's gone we don't realize that isn't necessarily in us <laughs>
1: right exactly um, and being with that continuous improvement mindset and always having some type of structure it felt a little yeah it felt a little weird at first um but now I'm starting to get into a groove um Even with everything that's going on in the world right now, Um, but it's it's been a really awesome journey so far. Um, It's a lot of learning too, a lot of self learning, a lot of business learning. I had to go out there and learn how to be how to do sales and marketing, and and how to do digital digital marketing. And (laughs) yeah, so so it's been it's been fun. Um, But yeah, the structure. I think sometimes you miss the structure, but then the other thing that you you tend to miss is having that team to fall back on when you when you do need help so now um, it was a little hard at first going out asking people who I just first met for help or for advice so that's become a lot easier
0: yeah now so we we actually um you you found out about me because I spoke at the Kettering freelancing SIG a, a little a little while ago and and you're a part of that so how did Kettering come into your journey and and in terms of uh being a, a community and a resource for you to make this yeah jump.
1: Uh, so I joined Kettering a year ago um, or a little over a year ago uh, my neighbor happens to be a longtime Kettering member and my husband just was talking to her one day and said yeah Lauren just launched her business and she said well she needs to join Kettering <laughs> 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 so that's how I started out with Kettering so my um my neighbor's not a active member she's more of a alumni that you I guess you would say yeah. but um but yeah so Kettering has been a great resource it's been a great resource to for references or referrals yeah it's also been a great reference for learning and for networking and then for meeting people like you too
0: yeah that's cool so tell us so we're, we're in the middle of like a cascading series of crisis <laughs> started out as health and then an economic and now social so as I mean you're you're the master I guess of bringing chaos or bringing order to chaos so <laughs> tell us right. how we should look at this chaos and and how we should um, you know be wise in terms of looking at it and interpreting it and then how do we uh, act from there
1: yeah, so that that's a really good question. So <laughs> I so before right before this all hit, I was um, working trying to get a prospect, a really big uh, pro prospective prospective client that's international, yeah. and of course that's been put on hold. So I just was like, well, uh, what do I do? And so I was just kind of just you know um, I felt like I was throwing a dart at the wall and seeing where it hit at that point, at that point, because um, I I had already set up a sales process and a marketing process to kind of move through that, but then realized that I needed to move from doing everything in person, which I I have done uh, remote consulting. So that was nothing new, but also adding a layer of coaching into my business. But so what I did is instead of just going out there and doing it really fast, I took the time to plan things out. Um, I've also planned out my, I planned out my articles for the next 20 something weeks, but what I'm seeing is taking that step back and for a minute and make sure that your goals are still your, what your goals were at the beginning of the year are still lined with where you are right now because things are different. And then real, and then figuring out the plan that you may have had set for yourself. Is that still the right plan or do you need to readjust that plan or come up with a new plan? So that's part of the whole thing with continuous mindset is how do you keep moving forward but sometimes you need to slow down first mm-hmm. in order to move fast. So mm-hmm. while it might seem like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm going at a, at a turtle's pace. <laughs> <laughs> um, once you start, once you get out of that turtle's pace and start um, and start planning, um, I think things, will, things start to move a lot faster because you have some type of plan, you have momentum, but then also try some, that's where you start to try new things and if something doesn't work, um. Even though it might take you a step or two back, you're still moving forward because yeah. you're learning.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, That's I guess my,
1: oh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, Well, I
0: guess my question is, is for the people that are like, okay, that sounds good, having a plan, adapting, da da But how do we stay consistent and disciplined to follow that through? To be that turtle, that slow and steady turtle, um, after the emotions are gone and it's kind of you know, it's the middle of the marathon. It's not the beginning or the end.
1: <laughs> right, right. How do you keep going? Uh, you <laughs> what's
0: just, your advice for us? My stay, advice for
1: that. stay It is to stay consistent. And so um, there's days that I don't feel like getting up and, and, and doing things, right? I just want to go hide underneath the sheets because it's <laughs> like, I, you just don't know what's going on. It's going to happen to next stage and the next right now. Um. So, how to stay consistent and how to keep going with my goals is just I just remind myself that if I keep moving forward, because I have my goals I want to hit, but it's also just not always about me. Maybe if I could just get out there and help one person that day, maybe put a smile on one person's face, yeah. I think that's um, that's what helps me because that's part of my part of my mission for myself, and part of my passion is to help people succeed. So that's, if I could just help one person, even with just one small bit of advice, even if it's not a client, then that helps me mm-hmm. move forward. And,
0: and would you say that that transcends your work? Like that's part of your, your personal purpose, not just yeah. your work?
1: Yeah, it is. It is. It's definitely, yeah, it's one of my passions. It's one of those where I just like to talk to people and help them out in any way mm-hmm. I can.
0: So where where did that come from and and how did you get so clear on, on, on the way that you said it? because a lot of people you know we talk about purpose and mission but a lot of people don't necessarily decide that or figure it out
1: you're gonna you're gonna laugh it really just came to me in the last few months in the last three months it okay. just it was like a it so um
0: but the words was, came to you or or the actual essence of it
1: it's both, both
0: okay yeah
1: yeah so um I was speaking with somebody earlier today about this as part of my lunches. Yeah. Um, is that sometimes that opportunity or sometimes this messaging is right in front of you and you don't see it. So once I got out of my own way, it really just dawned on me what it was and that actually and it was a help through a catering member who he was helping me with my own messaging. And then he said, You do realize what your mission is, right? I said, Yeah, he was you just told me like that's where it is like oh, helping okay. people succeed. Yeah. So you just he just helped me like talk through the words. And so that, it's always, it's just always been there. So that's when I went into Lean Six Sigma, it just was a natural yeah. course for me, because I like the data analytics, but I also just am a very, I'm just a very, try to be a very positive person and try to help people.
0: Yeah. So that's,
1: yeah. Uh, that's okay. probably, it was always there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's interesting that the the turmoil of, of the world is, was part of that, because my when I articulated my mission and it's evolved over the time over time, but I I remember it was during a season of of crisis, personal crisis and trouble. Oh yeah. And um and it's and it's evolved, but my my mission statement as it sits now is to share life.
1: Okay, awesome, I love it. And <laughs> yeah. it's
0: it's a um, when I say that it has a double meaning in the sense that I think of share as to give and to receive. Right. And so it's a, it's a, tu- a dual, um, an incoming and an outgoing. So, um, yeah. but it's something that simple, you know, I've, I, cause I, I recently put together a logo for myself and it's, it's very simple, but there's something about like how much work it takes to create something so simple, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> so, Thank you. so tell them, tell me on that note, you know, we're talking about first per- per- purpose, the mission and what does it mean to live better what does that mean to you
1: to live better um so what it means to live better is to just enjoy each to wake up each day thankful to to have this have a new day to like to do something new and to and to, and to help people and um so when i go to sleep at night i always re- kind of reflect okay how was my day and what i was grateful for yeah. Uh, so that's how I usually do it. So it's something I've been practicing is more mindfulness. And because and, I've always a very positive person. So yeah. with the way things are, I, I mean, I was a little negative a few months ago, just like it was negative, but not but bit scared. Yeah. So instead of being scared, I realized you, you can't, we can't live it live being scared all the time. And once I got over that, I got back to being positive, And then I started being more back to the mindfulness and, and enjoying, you know, just enjoying life and what yeah. it has to offer, even if it's just something small each day.
0: Yeah. Are, are you familiar with, or have you ever taken Strengths Finder before?
1: Yes, I is, have. Is,
0: posi- <laughs> is positivity in your top five?
1: Yes. Futuristic, positivity, uh, woo, and then I forget what the other ones, my other top two were. <laughs> okay.
0: I share futuristic with you then. Awesome. So, yeah. So, um, uh, strategic connectedness, ideation, and, uh, I don't remember the other. Oh, so. my other
1: one my other there was is one of them. one of them is learning too, I think is one of mine is learning. Oh okay. I think so that's, or
0: something no. like that, yeah. That, yeah. I, con- context one. is one that I have, which is
1: okay.
0: History. So I have futuristic and context, which is the history Ooh. of the, the past and the future. So that's an that's, interesting combination.
1: <laughs> that is a very interesting combination. Awesome. Yeah. Um,
0: when did, did when did you do that? Was that a while ago or recently?
1: Um, I did Strength Finders uh, three years ago when I was at Nielsen. Okay. Yeah, we, we did it as a group. So it was okay. interesting to see that.
0: Yeah, that's cool. So, on the work side, what does it mean to work smarter?
1: Well, what does it mean to work smarter? Uh, my biggest thing I always tell people is to take the time off when you need it. Don't mm-hmm. work constantly because it's, you're not going to get anywhere. And people mm-hmm. think I'm crazy when I tell them that. But I said, you know what, at the end of the day, log off by a certain time every day. Okay. And go spend time with your family and kids. That's but, what it means to me to work smarter.
0: Well, that that's <laughs> awesome. And I agree with you. But where did you learn that? Because <laughs> I mean, I learned it growing up just, you know, as a Christian, we talk about Sabbath and uh, honoring right. Sabbath and that idea of, although I lost my way for a while. But as a society, and particularly an American society, there is sort of this pursuit of more and this endless pursuit of that more. Um, and you work all every day and all the time. And so where did you learn it?
1: <laughs> I learned I learned that from my husband. <laughs> okay. And quick story. So when my when my husband and I first got together, um, and even when we first got married, my husband was. Uh, he's, he's super smart, really good at what he does. And at that time, um, he was lead for a group, um, at AT&T, but he was on call 365 days a year, like oh, wow. 24 hours to a point where we would go on vacation and he was working on vacation. And, um, or I would say, Hey, put that laptop away. And I, w- I would find out, you know, he some of the emails that he was copied on. I was copied on too. And I catch him <laughs> like how are you are working with
0: him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, uh, the, a long story short, like after we, the, like the day after we got married, he, uh, he got called, like mm. I'm serious, we're sitting, we're sitting in our hotel room and he got called, I'm like, I'm like are you serious? We just got married. So, um, we just, uh, so from that moment on, he decided to take a different stance and realized, hey, you know what, maybe we should just always take time off. So, yeah. Um, Like we always take off on each other's birthdays. We always take off on our wedding anniversary. Um, When our son was younger, we always took off on his birthday too. Because you know what? No one should have to work on their birthdays.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like that. (laughs) Sounds good. Well, in Path of the Freelancer, I talk about building as a freelancer. We want to build a a structure. I'd start. So I have a start date, a start time and an end time each day. And then I don't work on the weekends. Um, And so it's that's that's the default right and so there may right. be exceptions here and there but um but but that's the it's these boundary it's kind of this idea I guess the higher level value or ideas having and enforcing boundaries yes and it's not an easy thing and you kind of have to be willing to be the bad guy and not all of us in all seasons of our life are willing to do that but at some point <laughs> you get to where okay. you where you and your husband were and that's just what you got to do
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I try not to work on the weekends either, unless I'm just doing a quick thing on social media. But yeah, yeah, you know, sometimes that's the exception. But yeah, at the end of the day, I'm like, okay, or I'll take um, or I'll take a break for a little while and then work again. But yeah. I always try to take um, I always try to take a lunch. Yeah. Um, even if it's just fifteen minutes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good. So, yeah. but there is so much. I mean, a lot of people like look up to someone like Elon Musk, and he's he's very much a bad example in my mind of that phenomenon and um and people admire him for that and i i i have a i clash with him in in that regard but but he is very innovative and so it's it's uh it's a it's a complicated mess we we have
1: yes Yes, it is
0: (laughs) um so I guess on that note and being an example to others you know tell me what you think about mentoring and how that plays a role in your life and how it has played a role in your life yeah
1: so um i haven't mentored anyone in recently but in the past i used to mentor um well this is more in florida i would mentor um as part of the university of south florida's college um, college of business they had um, a big mentoring program and i was asked to mentor uh the female the 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 female business students because i wish i always had someone um, to mentor me when i was their age yeah and uh so we got i think it's a big thing because um it's not and it's not always um it's not always a one-way street i think mentorship is a two-way street and um so when you have someone that you're mentoring you never know what they're gonna what perspective they're gonna provide to you too so i think it's a learning it's learning for both Mm -hmm. people
0: yeah
1: um and then of course i had i've had mentors too i have been mentors too I've had a couple that are still we're still in contact and they are not like I so I call them I call them my friends yeah and um and so if I ever have like business problems that you know I can't figure out here with me by myself or with my husband then I give them a call and, hey I just need another perspective yeah yeah and I'm finding too meeting people along the way here with this with 100 lunches um I've gotten some really good feedback and some really good advice on that as well. So that's kind of like, do you realize that some of that was going to turn into mentoring? So it's, yeah. it's really well, awesome.
0: Yeah. It's interesting to that Cause when I did my hundred lunch campaign, um, I didn't actually know I was what I was going to do next. So that I was shutting down my business and I didn't know what was next. And I was just looking for help, you know, like give me your advice. And, and so that's kind of the, what I went into it. It was a, an exercise to, to learn and listen and, and get feedback, and, and that's very similar to, to what I experienced, so.
1: Yeah, it's been, it's been interesting, like, just this morning, so you know people always tell you to niche, 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 well, I knew that my niche didn't, I didn't want to go too narrow on my niche, but I just realized this morning where my sweet spot was when talking to someone, so.
0: And what, um, tell, tell us about it.
1: Um, so yeah, it's it's just, um, so I've always said I wanted to like helping small and medium businesses. I mean, I would do help bigger corporations, but the sweet spot really isn't saying uh, small and medium businesses. It's really the revenue, their, their revenue sizes that they are. Mm. And that's something that I learned last year, but I didn't really know how to equate that, I guess. Yeah. Like, yeah, because small and medium business means so much, so many different things to different people. Yeah. Um, so that's what I was looking at. I'm like, Oh yeah, it's not the number of people you have or how big your business is. It's more of you fit into this revenue range. Yeah. And then, um, and then I, I work with more service based customers. I that's always been my big thing. So that's I was like, Oh yeah, that's my sweet yeah, spot. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs>
0: well, and what I found is, well, two things. One is because I'm a, because I'm an independent consultant, um, the journey itself, um, it, it's helped me to get that clarity. So I didn't have as much clarity when I started. I have more clarity now, and I imagine I'll get more later. And in, in sort of that, that sweet spot is getting, the the target is getting smaller, and um, and so that's one angle of it. And then the other is that because of just me and not a company, I actually have a lot more time to sort of figure that out. So I, I think if I had a company with staff and you know there's a lot more on the line, I got to answer that question a lot quicker. But but because of the journey I've been on as an independent, you know i can I can sort of uh, allow the it to unfold organically so
1: yeah, definitely that's that's how it's happened for me too. It just kind of happened organically, and you just found like, oh yes, yeah. I that's where i've been I didn't even realize that's what I was targeting, mm-hmm. so it was like. Ah, oh, That's the aha. Cause I'm, I'm working on my website too. So just to yeah. put in like who I serve and who I help. So that gives a little bit more clarity when people visit my website. So,
0: okay. Yeah. 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 So w- yeah. what, what would you tell to somebody that is about to make the jump that you made and, and you're, you're a little, over, I guess a little over a year into it. Yeah. Um, so They're they're where you were, and you've learned a lot in that first year. Like, what would you tell them now that could help them kind of get to where you are a lot quicker than than where you are now? Yeah, I love
1: helping people with this (laughs) one. so when you get your first client, don't stop the marketing and sales. <laughs> <laughs> and when you get your second client, don't do that either.
0: <laughs> and and then what half- third? <laughs> Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it, it's like with the for the first few, I just kind of like, oh well, I got the client. I don't need to worry about that right now, but because that sales cycle, and yeah. especially right now, the sales cycle is a lot longer.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So always stay, always stay top in mind, and don't be afraid to keep learning, like be very mm-hmm. open to learning and how that if you've not used to sales, uh, don't be so scared of it. Try to think of it as a conversation and getting to know someone. That's why this lent, these lunches have been great for me because it's given me a chance to really h- understand it, to understand the conversations I need to really be having
0: Yeah.
1: and who I need to be talking to. And it's a av- and it's starting to evolve and it's starting to take a little bit of traction because, um just, if you think of sales as just as a conversation, it's not so scary.
0: Mm, yeah. I, I, um, I, when I started my marketing company in 2007, you know, I, I kind of was very sales oriented in terms of like, you know, meeting people and um, cold calling and just trying to find people that would need what I offered. Um, And, and there was sort of a way that people did sales in terms of you know, you sell them, or you know, you have to find them, and then you have to do the proposal, and they're sort of this informal process, and um, and it just there was something about it that didn't fit who I was, and I ended up coming across uh, an author Blair Blair Ends who wrote a book called Win Without Pitching, and he provided another way to look at it, and the way that he, the word he used to describe it is called a facilitator.
1: Oh, the there you go. We're
0: a facilitator of the next step, and that next step may be with us or without us. But we are simply moving them forward. And so that really resonated with me and sounds similar to what what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, that's definitely, that's the way I'm going. And then um, I think I talked with, when we first talked to you, we were talking about the funnel and how early works. And and that's where my other aha moment was. I talk about uh, funnels all the time when I'm teaching Lean Six Sigma because yeah you got all these all these problems but you can't solve all the problems you have to funnel it through and that's kind of like the way sales works you have all these sale you have all the funnel at the top you're talking to all these people and then you just kind of move it down
0: yeah yeah that's good so (laughs) so here's another question on that Uh, you are you seem to be quite open about your learning and your progression and and the journey you're on But a lot of people, they kind of feel like they need to fake it till they make it, the opposite of what you're doing. So what's going on there? Why do you approach it that way? And and why would you encourage perhaps someone with a little more ego to, to maybe be a little bit more open about it?
1: Um, I learned so one of the things I did. I learned when I was at this. I learned this at Nielsen. So when I went to Nielsen. I knew Atlantic Sigma very well, but I didn't know Nielsen's business very well. So with being Atlantic Sigma, you're not necessarily going to know exact thing about a business. So I ask a lot of questions and just try to ha- understand that. But one of the things I learned is if you're very, if you're very open and transparent, um, I think it allows people to open up to you more. So me, and that's where, you know, I, I've been asking a lot of questions to people who have been in marketing and sales. And I just feel that if you do that, it just, it allows people to open up to you more. And that's the other thing I'm learning is that, um, people, um, like to be personable. That's, that's who I am. So maybe just that's, maybe that's why I do it. I think the transparency is fine. Um, and it, you know we're all good at we all well we all in some way shape or form are trying to fake it till we make it I guess <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah But it's just uh, yeah, just being open and being transparent, I think it's just a really good way of of yeah. getting my message out there and, and then maybe can see, people can see that with I I'm really big on continuous improvement and that's how I'm applying it to my business as yeah. well. So maybe if they see that, that's how they' would see, okay, it's working for her. Yeah. it's gonna work for me
0: yeah yeah one of the things when I had my marketing company um, you know I, I went down that road too much where I wanted to present us better than we were and one of the challenges that that created was we we attracted clients that had a very high expectation um, and we repelled the ones that would have been more accommodating and flexible with us and we actually needed them and we didn't need those, and so we actually attracted yeah. the wrong customer because we weren't actually ready enough to deal with these more um, sophisticated clients that had higher expectations, and so it backfired, is what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I've been trying to figure out like what's that? Yeah, which that middle ground? So yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty transparent. um yeah. And then you have know, some parts that I keep, you know, put some parts <laughs> of like we well, have lots of my personal life. We're not going to get it. To
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right so let's talk about narratives and stories how have or what's some examples of uh some stories that have shaped you as a person
1: uh 21 is uh this goes back to when i was at school getting my mba this is uh I always thought, you know, change is always a big thing and positivity and that positivity toward that change. Because when I, when I was going back to school, I was um, a systems engineer at AT&T and I always uh, knew that change was a big thing. Yeah. Um, so who moved my cheese? When you asked me this, when you oh, said okay, yeah. the questions, the, the, two the my cheese just popped up in my <laughs> head. <laughs> I had to read that one of my business classes, but mm-hmm. it was just something that said, you know, if you... Um, don't adapt to change things are going to always be negative so if you adapt to the changes that happen to you and you try to take a positive mindset with that change then things won't things aren't so bad Mm, (laughs) so like i'm trying to take this whole thing that's going on with us right now or with the new normal right for right now just trying to take it open like an open heart and be positive about it because um we have to do it in order for businesses to reopen so Let's let's see how it works out. Yeah.
0: Well, I guess okay, I'm cu- I'm guess. curious how. Um, so in the the Who You Moved My Cheese, there is there's a there's a the a, a principle there that you know some of our success may not be our own doing. It may be the right. result of a circumstance that we don't control. So, um, and then when that changes, we don't know how to adapt because we didn't understand what was going on right. underneath. So, I that's very interesting because. The crisis is sort of, in a way, I, I feel like it's leveled the playing field. It's sort of started, it's it's rebooted the computer in the sense that everyone's kind of at ground zero and what are you going to do with that? Um, and the people that knew know how to create and share and distribute value and the people that don't, they're going to have very different Responses to this. I don't, I don't know. Is that what you're seeing, or do you agree or disagree? Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree with that I have people I know people There's So I'm seeing a few things like I'm seeing some people that are very are slow to react
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, Some people and then you have the other side where people are really fast to react.
0: Yeah
1: <laughs> um, And what things to just get back to the way they were. Uh, yeah, yeah, so um The way I'm looking at it is that I'm kind of middle of the road <laughs> yeah so when things started to open back up a few <laughs> weeks ago like all right four or five weeks ago um i took that okay yeah i'm super ready to go out and have dinner again but i'm not gonna go out today i'm gonna see how it like, goes <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: you don't want to be and the front line of that one
1: <laughs> exactly so um yeah and so what i'm thinking what i'm seeing is that, like you said people are, are we're all on the same on the same on the same plane here but I don't I still don't think people see it that way Mm. I think some I think um I think if we could just find I don't know what the right way is but there's there's got to be a common way or maybe we take things the way we are like slowly but then the other thing I look at it is um I've always the people I'm talking to especially people that may have um had some negativity with us, is just to be kind to yourself and be kind to everyone else because you never know what someone else's story is what it so um for example some people do want to wear a mask and some others don't well that's fine that's your choice if you want to wear a mask if you want to if you don't don't wear one um but i always say don't you can't judge someone on um, what they're doing because you never know what's what they're going through
0: mm-hmm.
1: um so that's so just usually yeah. so I say just be kind and just under, and just be patient and have some patience yeah. even that's a little hard right now
0: yeah, I guess what I'm hearing from you is that compassion is like an oil in an engine. It it keeps yeah. it from seizing up and blowing it, up. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly.
0: So I I want to kind of, I want to go back to, you made a comment, you said you got your MBA. And so I'm curious, tell me about the difference between an MBA, academically, and an MBA in the real world of entrepreneurship.
1: Oh, um, So I i was lucky with my mba i did have a class that was that we talked about having your own business and creating business plans um and understanding that so i think that was great but um how do you apply that your mba to the real world so yeah it i think it helps in a lot in the business world but i also think it helps on from a on a on owning your own business because it kind of gives you it kind of gave me a little bit a bit of a background on the accounting and the finances and understanding how that kind of that part of the business works. Um, you just have to let, take the things that you have and apply it. So in my program that I was in, we had to take a lot of real world, real world things that we saw in our, in our business and our corporations, or if you were in a small business and you had to, um, all the stuff that we learned, we had to figure out how to apply that where we were at that point in time. And then, um, like I said, there was one course that I, we did have to create, a, we had to come up with a new business and a business plan and figure out how to put that, the wheels into motion with that. And then, um, and then I was also, that's where I also learned about lean 6 Sigma too. So kind of, it, it would happen to, yeah. The, yeah. yeah, it would happen to the real world. I mean, it, it, it. I know some I know some programs are more geared toward corporations and some are mm. are more geared toward small business. So it just depends on what where you are. So I think I was very lucky that being a program that I can apply it to both areas because I learned mm. so much.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So I I guess on on that note, let's let's talk about systems. So you're I I suppose you're a systems expert as a, a lean six sigma person. Um, so, what what are systems? How do they work? How do you use them in your work and life?
1: Yeah. So I use so from a continuous mindset. I'm always about planning and having. I always plan and I do have a to do list. <laughs> it keeps growing more than I'm just crossing things off. Um, but I always like to plan things out. So and try to put and try to put goals t- toward my business. Uh, so I have my long term goals and then I try to use small term goals. But as far as systems, like I just had a conversation this morning with someone um, asking me what kind of software should they use in their business or um, what should they measure for. So systems, as far as I'm concerned with businesses, is looking at your revenue, looking at your costs. And then we're looking from a customers and look everything from a customer's perspective, like how long is it taking? So let's think about (laughs) Chick-fil-A. (laughs) how long does it take you to get your chick-fil-a order right how long does it take how long Mm -hmm. is it how long what's that customer's journey along that way so measuring their their what their cycle time is from their from their perspective and if they got it right and if everything's right the first time yeah and quality um those are like the systems i look at and then Mm -hmm. because i was looking i'm always looking at metrics and then um
0: do do you think of systems and outside of work and just living life or does it does that part of your brain turn off
1: (laughs) (laughs) no it doesn't it doesn't uh the only thing i yeah, the other the systems I like to use, I like to use calendars at work, but I don't use calendars outside of work very well.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I really on
1: my husband for that. Um I just kinda turned it off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, outside of yeah, outside of work, yes, I use I do have a system I do have systems for everything. So I have a system for like how I'm gonna clean.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and
1: how I'm gonna and um, I do have a system for like how I do I do I like to garden and do yard work, okay, so I have yeah. a system for that too.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's funny. So, when does a system become a tyrant?
1: When it comes to rigid.
0: Okay, what so, does that mean, and how does that? So, work?
1: meaning that if it's too lean and too rigid, you know, you can't um, and you can't uh, pivot with the times. That's okay. the best way to put it. So, if um, and I see that with a lot of corporations today. Sometimes they are um, they're they're the they're leaning out, that's the reason why I hate using the word
0: uh, lean, <laughs> lean. To execute, right,
1: lean. When, when you think of leaning out your business, sometimes, it's, sometimes a business does need to lean out some of the layers and some of the things that they have going on, but then there's a point where you become too lean and too rigid with your systems where if something changes, so for example, what is happening with COVID, um, a lot of businesses were not able to quickly pivot with what they're doing. Mm-hmm. To accommodate for the new the new way of working or the new way of doing things. So you probably there's a lot I've saw a lot of corporations kind of muddling through that because they didn't have those type of plans in place. Hmm. Um, so that's what I mean when it becomes too rigid. Yeah, So you need to be yes, while you need to have the leanness there. It needs to, but you need to be able to have the change the, be able to change when you need to.
0: So how do you prevent or can you prevent a system from becoming that way? or is it more of it's going to become that way so just be prepared to change it when it does
1: yeah it's pretty much what happens so if you start to think of, a more of an agile more of an agile um, agile mindset so basically learning how so there's always going to be failure in a business at some point so learning how to fail fast and take that learning and move forward. So that's one thing with the continuous improvement or even a lean six Sigma. We try to put improvements into place, but we measure those improvements as we go to see if it's working, And if it's not working. Cause we, you know, we're hypothesizing what's going to work. So if we, if we see that it's not working, you're able to take one step back, reassess and then move forward, like then replan yeah. and then, forward. So that's where I think with continuous mindset, having that ability to say, okay, this didn't work. Yeah. Let's figure out real quickly what we need to do. Let's plan it out and then move forward.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think the, the best way to grow, whether it's organizationally or as an individual is what you're describing the way I would phrase it is we, we look back, we reflect and learn and we look forward and aspire. And then, and then when we get to that forward point, then we look back again and then we look forward and it, it's just the oscillation between reflection and aspiration. Yes. That's, yeah.
1: that's basically, that's really basically it. And so um, I, when I work with, when I work with clients now, I was, you know, they, I think I was try to tell them, let's just look at it simply. It doesn't have to be something really massive. Just let's just ta- let's set it out. Let's set the plan in motion. But that's what I always say. Just take the time first, the plan, and then move forward.
0: Yeah. Is, is the, when, when does a system um, become, when is it, hmm, I'm trying to think of how to say it. Um, when does a system, it, it's, when it's too weak, when it's, it doesn't actually have enough power to accomplish what it needs, to, or maybe it's under-equipped or under-resourced, maybe it's a good system, but it just, it's lacking the horsepower to make it work.
1: Um. What do you do for that?
0: Yeah. Or, um, well, ha- why does that happen? I mean, I can think of a lot of times where I've developed systems prematurely. Essentially, a really good okay, system, right. right? But it's like I'm thinking like three years ahead, and it's like I need to deal with today, not something in oh, three years. Okay. It must
1: be The second conversation I've had on this today. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's, so how do you, how do you, how do you get over that? So um, this is where, um, what I do and what I try to help with, especially when I'm on the coaching aspect of my business. So if you, so take me for example, I have goals five and 10, like five, 10 years in advance of where I'd like my business to be. But that's great. But I got there. But what's my what's but what's my goal for this month? What's my goal for next month? What's my goal for the end of the year? So that's where I think continuous improvement comes in is where we have these longer tunnel goals, but then continuous improvement allows me to set up those short term goals or those short term wins to get me to, so I take small steps each day you get to those bigger goals so mm-hmm. think of it as um i look at it this way think about it as if you're training for like a marathon or a half marathon and you've never run a day in your life like how are you gonna how are you gonna do yeah. that it just seems so overwhelming but if you set up start to set up a plan okay i'm gonna run to that to that uh i'm gonna run this block and then i'm gonna run the second block and each week i'm gonna progress a little bit further that's kind of like what continuous improvement is and how i like to, and how i do all things so when you have a really good system, sometimes that system is not ready to go yet just then. That's something that you're going to use in the future. So you need to need to develop your plan or your steps to get you through the next day, through the yeah. next month. Okay.
0: So
1: that's how I kind of look at it, baby steps.
0: Yeah, yeah, the, all, the little things add up over a long period yeah. of time. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So when you think about um, systems in the sense of, buy-in and adoption, you know, what come, you know, what, what words of wisdom would you have in terms of, I mean, you can have a great system, but if you just push it on a bunch of people, they may resist just because you're pushing it on them, right? So even if it's for their own benefit. So how do you handle that type of transition?
1: Yeah. So that's, um, I am writing an article, I'm writing a series of articles on- uh businesses using ai artificial intelligence or rpa robotic process automation um because that i think i've seen a lot i think a lot of businesses trying to go there a lot faster than they should mm, yeah so how is it do a shiny you, object
0: is that what what they're doing what's yeah, it's, it's shiny
1: it's a nice shiny object and, it, and it's got it's got it's, its positives but yeah. it, you have to plan to get there first um so how do you get people to buy into something like that and how do you get people on board with the change, right so how you do that is you, when you're in the planning stages and you're trying to put your plans, you're trying to develop your plans and put your plans in motion, you need to have, and if you're on, on a business level, you need to have all levels involved in that. You don't necessarily, say if you're a 50-man company or, or you have 200,000 people, you can't have them all involved in the same thing in that but you could have representatives from each of those areas involved in the planning and get those people to buy in because if you can get those people that are hoping you to plan buy in then they'll be that's and it's just this is part of what they call like change management right you get those people to buy in those people become your um which the word I'm looking for. That they, they become the what you're yeah, thank you. They become your advocates. And so if you get them on board and you get them excited, that's how you get other people in the business excited for that change. Yeah. And so and the other thing though is it too, it's not it's not always you, you can't speak about it what it does for the business as a whole. You probably gonna have to talk about it too. What does it mean for that person mm. or for that or for that um mm. that, what's in it for me you, it,
0: not, it is as well as what's the larger picture.
1: Exactly. So for example, when I'm trying to do with RPA and artificial intelligence, a lot of people get scared of any type of new technology because they're afraid technology is going to take over their jobs. A lot of times what we're trying to do with technology is take away this repetitive task. Mm -hmm. So instead of you doing that repetitive, boring task day in and day out, think about it as a time for that machine gets to do it. Then you get to concentrate really what your job is for and it'll make your work day a lot easier and a lot more efficient. So at the and I always like to do this at the end of the day, you can go home a lot sooner. <laughs> <isn't> that, <really?
0: laughs> yeah, yeah, You don't have to work every day all the time. <laughs>
1: exactly. Exactly. So that's, um, that's just where one way I, I'd like to, I like to look at that is to get, is to have those advocates and to get in and, and, and include those people in the training yeah. and in, in the, in the planning.
0: Cool. Well, as we uh travel through life, it's hard, it's good, it's fun, it's sorrowful. what What parting words of wisdom would you give us as we?
1: um always be open to change because <laughs> you never know what door is gonna open up for you, and so that's basically be open to all opportunities and then um and just try to stay positive even if something seems negative. Something's yeah. happening for a reason.
0: yeah, so how do you filter those opportunities?
1: How do I filter? So, you, off so your... you maybe
0: opened all of them, but how do you filter so you know which which ones um, actually?
1: Which ones? Are, oh, for that are good for me. Um, yeah. I just I start having conversations with people like this and see how we and see how things kind of mesh out yeah. at first.
0: And and discover then go, that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: what I do. Just discover, and then I have my I have my own discovery process of things. So even and personal. Yeah. 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 So it's like you. You know how, you you know, like when you're planning for a trip, um, my husband and I like, we're very much like this week, or very much alike where this so is, um, we, we'll plan our trip, we'll plan the hotels, but we don't necessarily play the day, we plan what we would like to see, but we don't plan. A, more,
0: more of like a, a priority, a list of yeah, priorities, are, but not you, a, a strict schedule.
1: A strict schedule, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so just kind of go looking for the opportunities because you never know what something might something might be uh might lead you down a different path than you thought it was going to lead, and it might turn out to be the best thing. Uh,
0: Yeah, yeah, there might, I know there's a lot of things I've experienced that are not necessarily things I would have, you know, done, or uh, pursued on my own, um, but the opportunity came, and I was open to it, so is there anything else you wanted to share that you didn't get a chance to, or that I didn't ask you about?
1: No, I think, I think we talked about a lot of stuff, a lot of good (laughs)
0: stuff. (laughs) So what are you up to? How can people connect to you? How do they find out about you?
1: Yeah. So right now I'm up to, I'm doing my hundred lunches and I'm doing a lot of article work right now since I had some extra free time during this. Downtime,
0: yeah. But things
1: are starting to pick back up, so I'll have to figure out a schedule. Um, so be on the lookout for that. So if they want to see, read any of my stuff, or just connect with me, um, they can find me on my website, Consulting.com.
0: okay,
1: or they can find me on LinkedIn as well. I'm on LinkedIn, I'm also on Instagram under Lauren Heisey, Lauren Heizy Consulting, and Instagram, and then just Lauren Heise on LinkedIn,
0: okay. So LinkedIn, Instagram, and then you've got a website. Um, and then if someone wants to work with you, what, what's your recommendation?
1: Um, if they want to work with me, just give me, just contact me um, and we'll set up an hour to talk and do a discovery call and see how things go. All
0: right, sounds good. Well, awesome. thank you so much for sharing your life with us, Lauren.
1: All right, thank you so much for having me, Jason.
0: All right, see ya. For additional stories and systems to work smarter and live better, visit jasonscottmontoya.com. That's jasonscottmontoya.com. Thank you for joining us on this episode. And we look forward to having you listen in to the next episode of Grow Your Life.